four ordinary guys with extraordinary ideas for Disney parks. This is Main Street Musings. The experimental podcast of tomorrow. That's right. Welcome to Main Street Musings, the experimental podcast of tomorrow. Joining me in the studio here, uh, which is to say in our separate homes, we have the villain of the piece, Eric. Hello. His spark is art. It's Jake. Hey there. Hi there. Ho there. And we want the redhead. It's Tanner. Hey there. If you're wondering why all of those... Oh, and I'm Brock. Yeah, I was going to say, we're all wondering what your name is. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you're wondering why all of those intros sound familiar, it's because we've used them all before. Because today we're looking at some of our old ideas. We're bringing pitches back from the past. It's kind of exciting that we've been doing this long enough to justify this episode. Yeah. That, that is, actually. Uh, That's pretty cool. It, now yeah, get ready for the floodgates where every idea will be an idea we've had before. <laughs> <laughs> before we jump in, I actually have a slight unrelated thing to the podcast, that I, uh, but I promised I would get it in. So why are you talking about it? Just shut up and listen, okay? You'll understand in a minute. Recently, I was a guest star on a... Yes, I said guest star. Thank you. I was a guest on another podcast called Cult Fans Only, hosted by Raph Isaac. Uh, Myself and my good friend Pat were on talking about classic rock and specifically the band The Who. So if you are interested in that sort of thing, be sure to head over to Cult Fans Only podcast and check that out. You can hear me just prattle on about another passion of mine. Thank you. Nice. Thanks for telling us ahead of time. Yeah, thanks, making, Jake. Making us look like real idiots. <laughs> you don't need to t- also, Jake. You don't need to take the star off of your title. You're the, you shine bright like a diamond, my friend. Thank you, Eric. We know you're Thank not the you. star of this podcast, so go go somewhere else and be one. <laughs> oh, I think I forgot to mention that episode will be available uh, March 11th. But then it's cool. Just go find it. Cult fans only. I'm uh, busy that day. I hope that's okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's I'm going to be too sick for that. That's fine. <laughs> Honestly, I, I expected nothing less from you guys. Well, well it sounds, I think really it sounds cool. great. <laughs> it sounds really cool. I love Pat. I'm not, fo- I, I don't know Raph, but I'm sure if you and Pat know Raph, he's probably a cool guy. I did not know Raph either before recording the episode. So. Cool, but yeah, he seems like a cool uh, guy. And if you want, uh, if you want your podcast shouted out on Main Street Musings, invite one of us to be a part of it, and then we'll do that all the time. Yeah, for we'll you. come talk about anything you want us to talk yeah. about, especially Not Disney anything. rides. <laughs> I tried to steer his podcast in the direction of Disney rides, and he was like, "No, sorry, no, the rock and roller coaster <laughs> starring Keith Moon. Let's go." <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on the record that I won't go on a top podcast to talk about anything you want me to. <laughs> well, okay. Oh, I that's that's one hundred percent will. Oh, we know that, Eric. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, thank you, Jake, for that. Please tune in and uh, give those guys a shout out. Uh, today we are going to be talking about old pitches. Uh, we're going to be bringing back some blasts from the past. Some of them will have a couple modifications to it, to either you know, mm-hmm. b- placing in the parks, maybe some some ride mods. But we're we're gonna see what we can 
see what we can do to get them elevated a little bit more. We'll go through the same normal voting process. Yeah. If if we weren't clear, these are rides that we each have already pitched that did not get voted for. Right. So the, we're not going to be talking about rides that have already been talked about. These are rides that could have been talked about, but we voted for a different or ride instead. at least instead. didn't win. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think. Yeah, you're right. I, I worded that poorly. It's, these are rides that did not receive the maximum votes. We should do a zero votes episode one time. Best of the worst. Let's go. <laughs> we should. So, boys, we ready to go? Yeah. I think I'm, I'm ready. Ready to go. All right. It's the part where we make a pitch. So I will actually be starting us off today. I am going to be bringing back something relatively recent that got a little misplaced in uh, when we were talking about Adventureland Dark Rides. I'm going to be bringing back <laughs> my uh, great mouse, mouse detective ride. Nice, um, nice. That I'm still very excited about. The main change that will be coming to the Great Mouse Detective ride is that it will be it would be set in Epcot's the International Square, sort of in that section that has the UK, and then there's like the International Pavilion, like there. I have a map of it. Um. So this is going to be near near in that area near the UK, though. Yeah. You're so saying. there's like the, okay. the giant lake, then there's the UK International Gateway, and then there's a bridge over to France. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, International Gateway is is the uh, the other way to get into the park. Okay, that's the that's cool. the back entrance of Epcot. Oh, sweet! That's uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the the theming would uh, change a little bit as well to sort of more expansive European uh, adventure. You'd be going through uh, the biggest hits of London and the biggest hits of like Paris and um, nice. Rome and all that kind of stuff as we're tracking down Radigan. Uh, yeah. So setting it in the International Pavilion and keeping the dark ride and we're doing it in an international kind of sleuth sort of fashion. That is... My pitch, my updated, more appropriately located, I think. Uh, I was going to say, are you sure you (laughs) don't want to put him in the jungle again? (laughs) (laughs) Eric and I came at Adventureland very poorly. (laughs) Yeah, and I own that. So, yeah, I mean, in essence, that's why I wanted to bring it back, because I realized, like, as I was pitching it, that it was so off the mark in location. But I really like the idea and, uh, yeah, it's a good idea. So now you want to do yeah, it justice. And I think it's a good place for Eric is here for redemption. I am. I am, yes. And I think, you know, the great, we talk a lot about like underrepresented IPs and the Great Mouse Detective. I don't know anybody who doesn't love it. And it's, yeah. uh, I think it, it deserves a spot. Yeah, it's super underrated. I can't think of any representation in the park. Yeah, there is, yeah. All right. So moving on next, we have Mr. Tanner Costin. All right. So for my pitch, we are going to be going back to our drop ride episode where a certain somebody made a motion to make Pizza Planet a wonderful place for children, and he was promptly shut down (laughs) by the rest of his podcast members. (laughs) So the main reason why I ended up going with this one today is because 
I want to talk about both the ride that I had the idea for and the thing that felt very out of place when we were pitching it for the drop ride episode, which is the combo restaurant that I want it with. So I thought this would be an episode where we could explore more of what I'm looking for for a ride restaurant combination yeah. than maybe our dedicated drop ride episode would have been. Yeah, no, that sounds sweet. That makes perfect I sense. I know this is probably more appropriate for the Q&A, but can you give us... Uh, a little more of a re- summary of what your pitch was before. Yeah, I was I was about to do that. So my ride was going to be that we were inside of one of the claw machine games, and we were being sacrificed to the claw by our alien frenemies <laughs> as Woody and Buzz try to rescue our vehicle from being plucked up by the claw. I do love the idea of the aliens just being like, the claw has chosen, and we're all like, no, no, go away, and they're like, no, you must go. And like, it was a screen drop ride on all four sides yeah. of you, was I guess the other important facet for those who don't remember the pitch. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. all of our listeners and definitely not me. On to Jake. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I have decided to bring back a ride that um, went over really well last time I brought it up on the podcast. I remember everybody was just all about my ride, and it was great. We all got along really well that day. Um, But So this is going to be my Country Bears Jamboree Log Flume ride. And the story of this ride is... Oh, it has a story? Hey, why'd you fuck yourself until I'm done talking, you little shit? <laughs> Just interrupting Robin, my fucking pitch. Did you raise your boys to see such language? I didn't interrupt you when you pitched. I haven't pitched yet. And we always do. <laughs> yeah. I want to hear more about Jake's ride. Thank you. So the Country Bears, as you know, are great. The show is amazing, but it's not as exciting anymore. The average child just isn't into it, which is sad. So in an effort to make it more exciting, the Bears have decided that they're moving out of Bear Hall and they are going to have a ride. But that wasn't good enough for fucking Brock either because it just wasn't because he hates the fucking Country Bears. Apparently, they thought he was one of their biggest fans. And he was like, no, you you, Country Bears. (laughs) Yeah, I know. We were all shocked. So the Bears have decided to open their own river company, okay, where they rent out these boats for you to ride on, and they are giving you tours of the local river through their woods while putting on a show. And, of course, Big Al tries to hijack the ride, not the ride, the tour, so he can sing his song that nobody wants him to sing. And his attempts of doing that, he keeps coming back, and eventually his attempts to do that accidentally push us over a waterfall. That's my ride that we can develop. There's a story, you f***head. I don't know. That feels a little (laughs) too plot heavy. (laughs) Yeah, I I really wish this had less story. Like, what if it was just going from song to song? (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Maybe we can explore that. No, Jake, I really appreciate your story. It sounds cool. Thank you, Brock. I would like to point out, because everybody thinks we're too mean to Brock, this is a joke. I am not actually angry at Brock. I find this situation to be quite funny. Also, who's everybody? I feel like that's just Brock. It's our parents. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Right. I forgot two of our three listeners. I think Nicole thinks it's funny as 
and then your parents are yeah. like, hey, N- Nicole has been posting some very supportive things to me on Facebook. <laughs> she has. Yeah, but you should see the things she's saying behind your back and the group chat the three of us have with her. <laughs> the three of you and Tanner's mom. I can't believe that nerd stole your pitch, Eric. <laughs> Let's shove him in the locker. <laughs> All right. Speaking of how much we love Brock, I think it's your turn to pitch. (laughs) Okay. I'm taking us way, way, way back to episode number one, Fantasyland Dark Rides. Um, This ride is going to take the classic cartoon from Fantasia, The Sorcerer's Apprentice. And what happens is we're going to go through the story of the ride, of of the cartoon, rather, uh, set to that music. It's all going to be silent storytelling. Uh, We're going to see Mickey take the hat, make the brooms, all that sort of stuff. Uh, But the the real key aspect of the ride that I really want to focus on is as Mickey dreams, as he does in the show and the cartoon, the water slowly rises around the ride vehicle. And we, the audience, are so distracted by what's going on that we don't notice it. So when the lights come back on and we realize what's happened, we're in the water, everything is flooded, we're panicked just like Mickey Mouse. And I think we could really do that in an interesting way, and I'd really love to talk about that more with you guys. Yes, I agree. This is a great idea. I loved it then, I love it now. Cool. Too bad it was only second best then. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Thanks, <laughs> it didn't, man. didn't win the vote. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, I lost to Tanner's Prince. I mean, uh, sorry, Eric's Princess and the Frog idea. <laughs> now he's stealing your ideas for other people. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I think it's time for Q&A, boys. Yeah. Both Q's and A's? Let's A some Q's. <laughs> it's the part where we do Q&A. So Tanner, I have a question for you. I I feel like this was addressed, but I just want to to make sure this is a multi-drop ride. Yes. So, and how so how does aesthetically the multi-drop fit in to like what's what's yanking us up and down? Like what's the what's the The claw and the actions of Woody and Buzz and Jesse and friends doing things to disrupt the pattern of that. So I'm picturing it being drops, but also things where like one side will drop first and then pull as we're being pulled and jostled around on like a story. And then obviously the big finale would be the final drop where we're freed from the claw and we plummet from our highest point down. But so it'd be things like Jesse, I'm picturing lassoing us and that pulling us down. And that's a mini drop is one of the examples I have is things are just going haywire. Cool. I, I just had an idea, Tanner, and maybe you had already thought about this, and I don't know how to phrase it as a question, so I'm just going to say it. In your ride, this is how I'm picturing it, When instead of getting free from the claw and like landing back with the aliens, is it more like the claw has dropped us, like the claw won and has dropped us into the toy chute to be collected? I hadn't really thought about that, but that's actually kind of fun as a way to go back out into the restaurant. Yeah, yeah and like then we're that. like back in the restaurant. I, I don't know. That, that just occurred to me. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, I like that. Uh, so, Tanner, my question for you is I'm I'm a little confused uh, about your pitch. So we are pitching both the ride and the Pizza Planet restaurant experience, correct? 
Yes, because my idea was to have our Pizza Planet themed uh, Toy Story ride connected to a restaurant. So it'd be like a dine in experience where your line weaves through the actual like restaurant where you can see people playing arcade games and stuff. So it's a still a one concise theme in the whole area. And this would look like the actual Pizza Planet from the movie, not the one that we got stuck with. Yeah. Right. Okay, good. That is an important <laughs> note because it better be better than the actual f***ing pizza yeah. planet they implemented, which is a piece of shit. I said it last episode. I'll say it f***ing again. That yeah, place do it. <laughs> it. It's terrible. And it's one of the most disappointing feelings when you're a kid and you're like, pizza planet? That amazing place in the movie. They have it here and you walk in and it's like, what the f*** is this? Also, I don't want to shame sucking which can be a beautiful thing. It just... <laughs> I was... In expletive mode, and I apologize. I don't want to shame anybody's sexuality. Oh. So my follow-up question. <laughs> uh, so my follow-up question was uh, the theming of the restaurant. Are we just going to kind of try to keep that as close to the the movie as possible? Did you have any other ideas that you wanted to pitch about the restaurant specifically? I wanted to keep it very similar to the restaurant, but adding in uh, some Easter eggs from the movies. Uh, I didn't have a ton of solid ideas of what those were, but that's something I thought could be fun to talk about. So something like... Something like the uh, just just a regular arcade with a lot of the games from the movie. Yeah, cool. No, that's awesome. I'm I'm not knocking it. I just wanted <laughs> to know. Also, I do have a pitch for an Easter egg, um, and I'm just gonna bring it up now. In toys in the movie, they're wearing those like cups and things to try to sneak around. If you had those under some of the arcade games with like little feet sticking out, that'd be a good Easter egg. Oh, that's funny. I like that. So, Eric, I have a question for you. In The Great Mouse Detective, one of the most iconic and awesome scenes is the ending when they are inside Big Ben. Yes. Would this feature into your ride? 100%. That would be, uh, that would be the climax of it. Um, it would start in London, probably move, I'm thinking probably south first. Okay. Uh, into, like, a Rome, and then up into Paris, there's something in like Notre Dame and the Eiffel Tower, uh, and then we climax in Big Ben. I also <laughs> do... <laughs> don't we all? <laughs> don't we all, Eric? Nice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Eric. I'm just gonna leave it at that. I just want to climax in Big Ben. And, okay. Uh, <laughs> I had something else to say, but you know what? I don't need to anymore. And not a high note. <laughs> Yeah, the part of it will be in the like the the iconic scene for me too is the toy scene, the like the toy store scene when they're like getting knocked around in there and um, yeah, that's, so that's a very cool scene too. That's also a very scary scene because that's one of the first times you see the bat. Ugh. Yeah, that leads into my next question, which uh, also for Eric, is this going to be a new Radigan adventure? I mean, a new Basil adventure against Radigan or against a different character? Uh, what yeah. What do you envision being the the very general plot? So I do think it has to be Basil and Radigan. Much of the same vein that it always ends up being, you know, at the core of it is always Holmes and Moriarty. Yeah. Right? Um, so I think that this could be, it could even be set, set like a year later. They've celebrated that they've been able to put him away and he escapes. 
Uh, does he die in the movie? I don't know. He does. Like, yeah. he, he falls off of Big Ben. Okay. Which is supposed to be a reference to Reichenbacker Falls. The Reichenbacker Falls thing, yeah. yeah. Um, what if this was a prequel? Because we I know I was going to say, had, yeah. He's had a lot of, yeah. they've had a lot of run ins with each other before. So maybe it's a prequel yeah. ride. I think that actually, you know, now that you mentioned it, Jake, I think that's really good. I think the prequel is, is a great idea. Yeah, I think it can still end in Big Ben, though. I think that's. No, funny. absolutely. Yeah, I just, cool. the Toy Store was so specific to characters yeah. in the movie, so I was just wondering. Maybe we can dump the Toy Store, too, but I, I do like that Radig, like, this is Basil's big break, maybe, I think is would be fun. Like mm-hmm. he, that could be interesting. They, so it's almost like a like, young Sherlock Holmes, but yeah, it's young, young. Young Holmes, and this is like his first big investigation, and he finds the Radigan, and then he climaxes in Big Ben. All right, of course, of course. Um, also, uh, as mentioned in Great Mouse Detective, since this is a prequel, will we be able to see all of the widows and orphans that Radigan has drowned? <laughs> <laughs> That is specifically mentioned. <laughs> well, that's that's our Venice scene, right? Like he's drowning okay, in, the, in, gotcha. the, in the Venice oh, canal. One at a time. <laughs> Grabs him by the scruff of the neck. <laughs> it's like the well scene from Pirates, but he's just dunking orphans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do have another question. Uh, this one's for Jake. Yeah. Um, so I, just uh, something you mentioned in this, and I think I mm-hmm. meant to ask you this last time, but I forgot to. Oh. You mentioned that the bears have left Bear Hall. Does that mean we'd like you'd like to replace the Country Bear Jamboree? I hadn't. So here's the thing. I never want to get rid of Country Bear Jamboree, but there has been talk of getting rid of it because it's old and outdated. They already got rid of it in Disneyland. I guess this is kind of like. If they got rid of it, this is what I would want them to do if they insisted on getting rid of it. That being said, I mean, you mentioned they got rid of it in Disneyland. I was going to suggest that would be a perfect place to put this. Yeah, that put could work, this too. this in Disneyland that's and keep really the Country idea. Bear Jamboree because I... Yeah, that's a, that's a great idea. You So you... you that Yes, there that is better than what I said. There are certain rides at Disney World that I kind of think of as my personal horcruxes. Um, and if, <laughs> oh, and that's if one they of them? get rid of them, a part of my soul will die. <laughs> Geographically, that does create an interesting kind of tension at Disneyland just because that's right where uh, the other log flume is. Uh, well, like, we could get rid of the other log flume since they want to get rid of it anyway. Yeah, I didn't know how to describe the other the the artist formerly known as Splash Mountain, <laughs> the log flume formerly. Yeah. It's just like a weird symbol of a <laughs> of like a rabbit in a log. Yeah. It's like a twenty step walk from there. So I was just you know that would be kind of interesting. Because I will say, last time I was in Disney World, uh, Country Bear Jamboree was popping. I know people say it's boring, but like the audience seemed pretty into it there. Oh, I know. I, I love Country Bear Jamboree. <laughs> it breaks my heart when people say negative things about it. Well, that's I good. I think it's, it's gotten like a renaissance, right? Like Not necessarily because of the movie, but it's like reached this <laughs> no. age of nostalgia that... like. It's almost cool to embrace the camp of it again. There's like this time during like this really unironic or like, like time during like the 90 like early 2000s where people were taking everything way too fucking seriously because the 90s were bonkers. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, country bears, that's stupid. But now we're back into it and we're like, yeah, let's just have fun and yeah. relax a little bit. So I think. So I have a question for Brock. Okay. 
Um, d- does Yen Sid appear in your ride? And if so, in what capacity? Absolutely. Um, like I said, and I know we try to avoid this sort of thing with rides, uh, like Tony Baxter says, uh, he calls them book report rides. Um, but I do right. think just telling the story of that original Fantasia clip, uh, this time putting us in it. And, you know, as long as Mickey's kind of acknowledging us and like, come with me, we can just tell the story and it feels like we're much more involved. And that's kind of the idea behind the water rising and all that sort of thing. It really makes us yeah. feel like we're part of the story. So in that case, I want Yed to, to be there. You know, he is the sorcerer. Mickey and we are the apprentices. We goof around. Yensid comes in and he, you know, he tells us off um, and he fixes, okay, gotcha. he saves the day. That being said, I don't want it to be like in the in the cartoon. He's like pretty harsh at the end there. Oh, yeah. Uh, I Wax figure if it can be a little bit more like a finger waggy than just like. I want him to whack us with a broom. Yeah, as we exit the ride, there's going to be a Yenset animatronic that just whacks you as you go by. Yeah, and we talked about this the last time there was pitches. We're all in agreement. One of, and I still think to this day, one of the best moments that has been conceived of is this water rising uh, yeah. up over a moment. Uh, what I want to ask, and something that I don't remember if we talked about last time or if it's changed, what is the moment after that? Oh, um, yeah, that's it's much like the cartoon, um, because the the ideally the water is rising in a way that uh, that we don't notice, because at that point in the cartoon, uh, Mickey is has fallen asleep. He's dreaming and his dream is kind of him controlling the cosmos and the elements. And he's standing on this cliff and that'd be a really cool animatronic. And suddenly these waves start cresting over. Uh, over the the top of the cliff and he wakes up because there's actually water coming in so that would be amazing if we suddenly you know enter a room where everything is all of a sudden bright and we're confronted with oh my gosh uh the water were completely flooded and all around us uh, we see Mickey lying there as- like he's waking up, and all around us we see all hundreds of these broom animatronics pouring water out into the thing. So we are suddenly surrounded, and I was thinking there could be a way to do that, and this is a little bit more technical, with a mirror kind of system where it's half an animatronic and then you go into another room and it looks bigger because of mirrors. I can explain that later, but I would love, I really want that sudden realization that we are flooded. We are surrounded by water and it's just the hundreds of brooms doing it. Mm -hmm. That's a cool moment. I really like that. Yeah. Yes, it is. Any other questions for the group? Guys, that may have been our most like fully fleshed out Q&A session yeah. I think, ever. It was definitely the most productive one we've had in a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> proud, proud of us, guys. I had, proud like, of us. I had like a good question for each of you, and I think the last yeah. time that has happened was like episode three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the part where we vote. Um, this is hard, dude. Yeah. I love all three of these. I think this time I want to talk about <laughs> <laughs> one of them. 
which is <laughs> and that one, one that I didn't do is going to be uh, I'm going to go with the country bear log flume. All right, hey. For this one I appreciate the hard work Jake put in to create a story that I think is actually pretty interesting. It's hard because I really like them all a lot. I know. I don't know why we rides. thought this would be like a good idea for a podcast and not like a nightmare <laughs> of all the things that we were like, oh, that would be really cool. Wish we voted for it last time. So we just get to like compound the re- compound our uh, regret now. Yeah. <laughs> it sucks for us, but I think that it'll be good to listen to. <laughs> and only one person will leave with those self self esteem intact. And three right. people will leave we're with like, having lost twice. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have lost two times all right jake so again this is tough so i love all these ideas can't beat a dead horse though so i'm just gonna go with it i am going to vote for the sorcerer mickey sorcerer's apprentice ride i think that it's awesome i know sorcerer mickey is featured in phantasmic but i think him having a ride was something that the parks could really use i think it's a great idea cool brack uh this is so damn hard. I love the Country Bears so much. The Pizza Planet experience sounds amazing. But I think I'm going to give it to the Great Mouse Detective. And funnily enough, for something we didn't actually touch on in this episode, when it was originally pitched, Eric uh, pitched in a really cool interactive flashlight system. Uh, yeah. it, so Would I, one dare say gamified? <laughs> I wouldn't. I would. I don't know if it's Great. gamified. That's something we're going to talk about later. But I think it's really cool, um, and I love the Great Mouse Detective and the international aspect he brought to it. I'm really excited about. All right, it's me. Okay. Um, I am going to vote for the Sorcerer's Apprentice Dark Ride. Um, nice and. I, it's because, uh, the, the mo like I'm all about epic moments. I'm all about like the wow factor in the, uh, Brock really, really sold me on the wow factor of it today. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, I am excited to build, build on that. So. Nicely done, Brock. Thank you. Good job, yeah, Brock. Congrats. It's an exciting moment, uh, I, th- I think, for me, for all of us, I think, uh, being able to, to go back, you know, th- part of the past pitch idea, bringing things back from the past, is it's fun for us to to walk down memory lane, realize we've been doing this for, you know, coming up on six months now, mm-hmm. and uh, for our winner to come back, our episode one was one of the strongest overall in terms of like pitches still chasing that high, chasing <laughs> the dragon off of that one. Uh, <laughs> but it's exciting to bring that back. I know that's something that I was super stoked to talk about for episode one. It was a, a close vote that particular episode. Um, and so this is fun. This is exciting. I'm, I'm stoked. Congratulations, Brock. Thank you. Yeah. Nicely done. All right, so, Brock, walk us through a little bit of the experience here. Talk us about our queue line, our ride vehicles, because your ride vehicles, which you did not touch on this time, 
I remember being super cool. Semi-aquatic. Yes. Egg-laying mammal of action. That was the oh, main sorry. idea. We we talked to a couple we talked about a couple different ideas. One was kind of the classic like wooden like barrel looking thing with like uh well, maybe we didn't talk about that one, but it was also in my head. But we also talked about like maybe the wash tub that, yeah. that he is floating in yeah. in the short. Or, yeah. Uh, or maybe somehow being a book was another thing that was mentioned last time um, because mm-hmm. Mickey floats on that big book. Um, yeah. That is not something I have set in stone. That's something I definitely would want to talk to you guys about. I think like there's that there's a way to make it really cool. If it was like I also don't necessarily want it to look like when you get on the thing like oh this is a boat that we're gonna be floating in right i love the book idea i'm all about that kind of shit i would love to figure out a way to make that work because i don't know that just is so thematic and when you think about fantasia you think about it in multiple parts you i mean you either think about it as like the water scene or the chernabog scene like it's not it's the and it has like a very chapter feel to a very episodic sense of rhythm uh kind of like a book does when you're reading it so i i think that would be a perfect visual and kinetic metaphor for for what's going on so i actually have to to disagree with you eric um i i feel that us writing in books would take away from how special yen sid's magical tome is does that make sense And it also feels like, to me, when you approach the ride and and you're like, oh, great, it's a Sorcerer Mickey ride. And they're like, okay, hop on this book. It's kind of like, what? We're riding on a book? Like, what? What is this? Is this like, is Belle going to show up? Like, I don't know. Book just doesn't scream Sorcerer's Apprentice to me. For me, I kind of like the wash tub. I'm not saying that's what we go with. I just, I personally am not feeling the book. What about a hat? Like the the sorcerer's hat that Mickey wears, like fashioning that into like a a writing device, and that enters us into the magic with him, right? Like that was my uh, when Jake was talking. That's what I was thinking because the tome isn't necessarily what gives him magic. I don't disagree with what Jake was saying. I'm not in love with the book still, but the hat is what gives Mickey the magic. And the hat mm-hmm. is such a special icon that I think there can only be one. Because it's Jensen's hat, he takes it off, and Mickey puts it on. So the only reason, and Jake, your point about the book, 100% valid. Yeah. The only reason I don't like the idea of a traditional uh, ride, like ride vehicle, is mm-hmm. that like Fantasia is nothing but iconography. Right. No, no, and I get that. So, yeah. So pulling, I think the hat does it. I think the broom does it. I think the bathtub does it. But I think pulling from the iconography of the movie is important. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. That being said, I, I personally would throw my vote behind the wash tub. Okay. But that's just me. I th- I think I agree. I think as long as, and you know, if it's big and a big enough to be a cart, we can do all that sort of interesting carving and all that uh, to make it more than just you're in half a barrel or whatever. Right. <laughs> I will say I, f- I, I am anti uh, book. I also didn't realize you guys were reading chapter books now. So hats off to all of you. 
but uh, either the washing tub or the uh, hat, I think, make a great uh, vehicle. Yeah. I think in that case, the one that we're all going to be happiest with is the the wash tub. Sure. Okay. That being said, uh, you guys are really starting with the ones uh, right off the bat, the ones that I don't know. I, I don't have something for the queue. I know I want it to be playing the music from Fantasia. That's the music I want on the loop in the queue. But <laughs> in Brock's defense, he's only had this idea since episode one. Yeah, six months. <laughs> All of my ideas have been very ride focused for this. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I've always got the impression that Yensid lives in like a wizard tower. Yeah. Right? So could it be like a very medieval looking thing? We're walking down these dark passages and maybe we see like glowing things out the window, the implication of magic happening with through special lighting and stuff. And it's kind of a medieval passage that we're walking down. Yeah, I think we could do like a cartoony sorcerer. Yeah, very cartoony. I'm Um, thinking like the Toontown Toontown style, style, but like it's medieval. And maybe because like maybe at one point in the line you walk past Mickey's quarters and you can like look in and you see like his little bed made of straw and you see like his little shoes sitting next that's to the adorable. bed adorable you know something like that yeah that's great um and i think you know you see big big bookshelves with all these wizard books and you see yeah uh, cauldrons maybe you see like a portrait and, of yensid like glaring yeah <laughs> like, you know that look he does yeah and all that all that over fun mickey's bed <laughs> like just watching him while he sleeps that's upsetting <laughs> That seems like a line an employer shouldn't cross. <laughs> no, I think that's cool. I think that's cool. So you kind of enter into this wizard tower area and you go through uh, this these fun hallways, these twisty turny hallways and catacombs that have all the fun, cartoony, magical stuff. That I think that's neat. Lots mm-hmm. of candles with dripping wax and yeah. yeah. The most the magical playing, thing in the world. <laughs> Candles with <laughs> dripping wax. But the Ooh. flames are purple, so suck it. Ooh. <laughs> maybe maybe at one point we, we walk past the broom closet and the door is ajar and you just see the broom just like nonchalantly leaning and you're kind of like, oh. It's a broom. <laughs> That's like from the movie. So we got through the queue line. Do we need to discuss loading station? That's another you know pivotal point in the Entering ride. Entering into get Yen Sid's bathroom, <laughs> getting in the getting in the tub. <laughs> it's not a, a bathtub; it's a wash. Honestly, tub, right? I think I think the loading station. Uh, it can be the same. It's the same kind of theming. Uh, just make it a big, interesting room with like a cauldron flaming on the other side, like you know the the steps in yeah. haunted mansion. Just make it something big. And, yeah, yeah. Are okay. our cast members going to wear wizard robes? I think they should be wearing the apprentice robes, like Mickey. Yeah, he's got the the like red they, robes. Like they are also apprentices yeah. of Yensis. Yeah. They've got the yeah. red robes case, with the, I think the, uh, the rope tie. The, lo- the loading room is a great place for like an 8 by 10 portrait. Yeah, of that's Sid. where the giant portrait will be, just like glaring at everybody. Oh, I love yes, that. I love uh, that. 8 by 10 portrait of Yensid, and then Mickey's kind of like behind him, like at knee level, like looking out from yeah. behind him. Yeah, yeah. And by 8 by 10, you mean inches, right? <laughs> Just like mounted, like <laughs> way in the distance. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I think we make it so it looks like it's a portrait, but it's actually an animation. 
and like every now and then his eyes just kind of do that thing where he oh, you see his eyebrows sure. kind of shift and he like looks to the other side of the room less like he's clearly watching us all disapprovingly <laughs> as we're getting onto the ride yeah. but if you're not paying attention you don't notice i it. agree every like once in a while like the eyes will leave and then come back and stuff like that yeah for sure because he's watching <laughs> oh. through the eye holes. Oh, gotcha. No, I think it's a magic painting. Oh, yeah. I, I was thinking magic painting, but that's that's, that's cool also, too. Yeah, okay, Scooby Doo. That makes him seem more like a creep instead of a wizard, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I was like Yenshin's more like the guy to own the fact that he's glaring at you. He's not gonna hide in the bushes and. <laughs> off, you know, like that's not really Yenshin's style. What is do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> also. I was gonna what say Yenson's happening? not a bad guy. He's just he's just a no, stern. He's just stern. Yeah. It is <laughs> fun though. God. Anyway. <laughs> Are we gonna press pass? So this eight by ten magical portrait of Yenson is looking eight down on everybody. Eight foot by ten foot. We don't want to pull a spinal tap here. We need to specify. <laughs> okay, so we have the we have the loading area. Now we go into the ride. So well, Brock, will the barrels be headed in like a south direction or will they be heading north? Now we get into like, the ride. <laughs> um, so we're going to start. Uh, we go into that uh, that room where we see Yensid doing all these crazy wild magic things uh, that he's just pulling out of thin air out of his hat and mm. just doing a bunch of interesting stuff. I kind of like the idea of seeing him. Maybe he's standing at his cauldron and he's backlit and we just see his silhouette. So Ooh, he's kind of like cool. not paying attention to us as we've entered the room. And we kind of feel like this sense of we need to be quiet and not interrupt him. Oh, or we'll get in trouble. Uh, what would be you fun know? if while he's doing that, Mickey's like tugging on his robe, trying to get him to acknowledge us like, hey, we, yeah, there's guests he's like pointing at us or something. Um, and and we're kind of like, no, no, don't point at and us. Like he waves <laughs> and he's like. Uh, yeah, and Yensid is just, like, blowing him off. <laughs> exactly. And he's doing the cool magic, and then, you know, he does that big stretching yawn that he does in the movie. Yeah, because he's getting tired. I think that's it's obvious he heads off to bed. I don't think we need to have him head off to bed. Anyway, next scene. I do like the visual of him disappearing up the stairs through that door. Okay. I mean, I don't know if it's necessary, but that is a visual I always like. I'm not sure how we do that, but it's cool. Uh, well, oh, actually, here we go. Next scene room is Mickey noticing that he's gone and uh, grabs the hat. That that sort of happens. So we, we could have him, mm. his silhouette, literally disappearing up the stairs. Mickey watches Maybe to make sure he's gone. Maybe we just see his shadow. Yeah. Like it's projected. We see his shadow go up the stairs, and then we just see the shadow of the door closing. Yeah. And Mickey you watches know? to see that he's gone, and then he sneaks over, grabs the hat, puts it on. And in that showroom, I think we have the first start of mickey playing with the magic where he sees mm-hmm. the broom leaning on the corner and he he you know does his little magic hands and the broom twitches yeah uh so that that would be that showroom i think the next showroom would just be the moment of him uh having the broom pouring the water this would be a small mm-hmm. showroom next showroom would be him uh or I, actually, no, he's having the broom pour the water while he's also kind of drifting off to sleep like he does in the movie. He's sorry, like he does in the movie. He's got his feet up. He's relaxing. He's just kind of doing it without paying attention. OK, um, now I will be honest. I haven't watched it in a bit. When is the moment where he chops the the broom up? My recollection is that 
the broom floods the place and then he chops it up because he's mad that it was flooding the place and he couldn't get it to stop. Right. That's what I remember. Well, Sounds right. Well, I think that's correct. Well, I will say, I think... <laughs> not remembering his Doesn't movie. Doesn't remember his own pitch. Hmm. I think that's a good way to do it. Um, no, I, I think that's fine. That That is how it happens in the movie. But I think it's okay if rather than Mickey Mouse, let's... Um, rather than the Disney Corporation putting a Mickey Mouse wielding an axe like a weapon... Right. animatronic in their thing. I think it's fine if, like, while he falls asleep, he accidentally does some magic and the broom duplicates. And then the brooms reproduce. It's a, they duplicate. Sexually. They duplicate asexually. <laughs> oh. I just checked. That is, in fact, what happens. The He cuts the broom up after it floods the place. And then the flood gets made much, much bigger and worse. Before, it's just kind of like, oh, this is a flooded mess that I have to clean up. It gets worse when more brooms come. I think it simplifies the story if it's just another accidental byproduct of the magic. Yeah, uh, it I, works I have for to the agree. cartoon, but for a ride, I think that's that's fine. Yeah. Well, and the axe scene was scary when I was a kid. Yeah, and it was especially scary because it's Mickey. Yeah, it's and watching Mickey, Mickey brutally murder something was the, a little off. The broom seems sentient, and like his first thought is yeah. like, "I have to murder this." Yeah, so I'm I'm okay with skipping that. Um. So I think cowards. The next scene would be him the the drifting off to sleep scene, and so we see an animatronic of Mickey standing atop this spire in the middle of wherever. You don't really see what he's in, but he's standing atop this spire, doing magic into the heavens as like this dream, and it's all projected above us. All the stars are sparkling, and he's creating amazing cosmic twists and twirls and shooting stars and all that stuff. I kind of like the idea of us spiraling up around Mickey, if this is possible. So he starts high above us, but we kind of spiral upward and we see him shooting his magic and it's almost like these fireworks and we're going through them. So they're going off around us as we kind of spiral up around him while our car is pointed at Mickey at all times. And we kind of spiral around him, but we're always watching him as he's doing this magic. I think that would be a really cool visual moment. That would be an incredible visual moment. Unfortunately, this is the room that requires us going down a little bit because this is where the water would be happening. Then maybe we spiral down. Yeah, I think that's fine. Start high and, and low. Um, we'd have to do it at a slow enough spiral where nobody notices a splash. I don't mind uh, also going low, too, because it kind of gives the illusion that Mickey is raising up this spire as part of the magic, which enhances, like, his power and, like, mm-hmm. the power of the moment. I think that's fine. I think that works. Yeah. So, yeah, that's really cool, Jake, spinning around the spire. So we enter the next room, and bang, Mickey has awoken. And we're underwater. Well, I mean, we're floating yeah. in water. And we notice around us, like, up to almost the top of our ride vehicle, water. We're, un- we're floating in the water. At this point, as I mentioned earlier, we look around, and it's going to be... I kind of want it to be... Because it's like this in the cartoon. There's just these tears in almost a circular way, and there's just brooms everywhere. The architecture of the of the cartoon has a lot of weird steps and 
levels and tiers, uh, and the mm-hmm. brooms are just pouring from every which way. And I think that'd be really cool. We have them pouring into the water. We're surrounded. But we can use mirrors on the walls to make that look much, much bigger. Right. Make it look like a much bigger room. I had thought about this, too. We could also use force perspective. So the rooms that are at our level are full-size brooms. Brooms at our level, sorry, are full-size brooms. But the ones way up high in the ceiling, maybe they're only, you know, a foot tall. Yeah, that's exactly so what I was like thinking. it looks like they're farther away. So between the mirrors and the, the force perspective, I think we could easily make it look like this is a massive room filled with hundreds of brooms. And I think the cool thing about this is brooms these brooms would probably be some of the simplest animatronics because there's only going to be two or three points of articulation on each one nice to stick with arms yeah so we just have and obviously the bigger ones can be a little bit more detailed in their articulation yeah. but we just yeah, the have them basically just need to go up and down like up and you know, down their with arms the, up and down with the buckets and i mean the higher we go the less actual water it has to be but i'm sure they could do a cool fountain effect um, with the water splashing down. Right. I think that would be amazing. Mickey panics. We all panic uh, in this giant cathedral-like room filled with hu- what looks like hundreds of mir- uh, of brooms because of the mirrors. This is uh, toward the end of that room. We hear the notes that indicate Yensid is coming. I think it, it's cool in that room to have Mickey panicking, flipping through the book, trying to figure out what to do. Maybe he's floating on the book while trying to read it. I think that's fun. So I'm. what if in this room we see Jens's light flick on and we see like the shadow of like his door opening again? That's what Since I was going to say. we've established that that means Jens has exited, seeing that light come back on would establish that he's entering again. We don't need to see him. We just see that the light is on and we're kind of like, oh. Oh, daddy's home. Yeah, that's exactly you what know. I was thinking. Something to indicate that Jensen was coming back. And Jake, that's perfect. Uh, yeah. Don't call him daddy, please. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, to, not to step on you here, but what I had kind of pictured next was we go into a dark room and the music is building and building and it's just pitch black in this next room. And we're really getting freaked out. And then you have those big symbol clashes. And in the short, that's where you see Yensid with these big flashes of light, and he's standing there raising his hands up, and the water's going up on either side. Maybe that's where we have this. You know, you're in this pitch black room, crash, flash of light, and you just see the big Yensid animatronic standing there with his arms up, and you see the splashes going up. That is so cool. I, I will be honest. Out of the pitch uh, dark. I w- this was going to be my major concern is how to make an interesting climactic moment there, and that's perfect. Yeah. And then from the dark room, we could go into the next room where the lights slowly come on. And that's where you see Yensid standing there glaring and there's puddles everywhere. And it's playing that faint little about the um, that climax room that you just pitched. Uh, I initially in my original pitch, <laughs> a whole room. No, for Brock, it. that was an Eric's ride. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> for the for the listeners at home, uh, what happened there is I was sitting stoically listening to Brock, and then he said the words "climax room," and then I got a stupid editing grin on my face. Yeah, Eric and I made eye contact. It was awesome. <laughs> we made eye contact through the video chat. I deserve this, and that is my contribution to the ride.
<laughs> I've been good today. I'm a hero, one could say. <laughs> Many did. The climax room, Brock. All right. So in the room that features the climax of the ride, um, <laughs> I, I had initially pitched in my original idea projections on water. So mm. you suggested those giant that could work with this exactly those giant waves yeah. splashing up you can just project that like because it's like these weird flashes of colored light that you see Yensid mm-hmm. in so just these different flashes on other different parts of the room where you just see Yensid doing magic projected onto yeah. these different uh w- giant waves i think that's really cool yeah awesome i think it's really yeah, cool that's too, awesome brock. brock i love that I'd forgotten the water projections you had pitched before, but I'm glad we can bring those in. Yeah. I think this ride is f***ing sick, by the way. I just wanted yeah. to put that in there. I know we're not done talking about it. Yeah, I, just, yeah. I really like this ride. Yeah, this is an amazing ride. So then from that room, I think that's all that would need to be in that room. It would be simple. And then do you agree that we could then go into the next room yeah. and the lights kind of slowly dim on and you see the puddles everywhere and that's where Yensid is just kind of like tapping his foot yeah. and Mickey's looking really sheepish. Getting ready to spank us like in the... Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it would be a really cool moment if we see Yensid hand Mickey the mop. And the last part of that song is the 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 part that goes da, 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 and that's kind of like the, the ending of the song. Dakota. It'd be cool if that would hit at the exact moment that we went through the final doors. I back agree. Back to the loading dock. So like the, it's like da, 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 and then we're out on the ride. I think. I mean, that would be easy to time, I think. Yeah. Also, Jake, I just realized, and I'm sure you realized this when you pitched it, but the dark room with Yensid uh, yeah. doing the magic, that is the perfect ideal location for us to leave the water again, to rise up out right, of the yeah. water. Yeah, I, I know you already thought that, but that's so brilliant. I didn't express it, but that's why I was thinking it would be a pitch black room is because that's where we're exiting the water without realizing it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So cool. I think I think we have a ride. That's a ride. I love it. A good one at this. Now let's talk about the gift be. shop. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, it's a Fantasia gift shop, and it sells Fantasia merch because you can't find a lot of that. Yeah. Sweet. Can I get a really cute stuffed Chertabog? Yeah. That'd be cute. Yes. Eric, I have to send you my series of art I did that is Disney villains reimagined to be cute. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Two things I am curious about. One, where do you see this ride? And two, what does the exterior look like? Or we don't have to talk about that if you guys think fantasy that's too land. much. I think it's a yeah, fantasy land yeah. and like yeah. a wizard's tower or like an old house that represents Yensid's. Yeah, and it would be uh, nice to have a tower in Fantasyland that is not just a bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we should move on to the lightning round. Let's do it. La 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 lightning round. It's the lightning round. All right, I am spinning that wheel. The wheel of lightning. All right, we are doing a flat ride. I know we've done flat rides before, but let's make sure everybody, including our audience, is on the same page. What is a flat ride? One of you speak up. Basically, it's a carnival ride. Almost any ride you see at a local carnival is going to be a flat ride. Uh, it ta- yep. it's, it's a ride that you could kind of put on the back of a truck and take away if you needed to. Yeah. So this really is so, a throwback to our first episode where yeah, we talked about a Fantasyland a dark ride and we're talking about a flat ride. 
Yes. And we are going with everybody's favorite Disney movie. You can interpret that how you want. Frozen. We need a flat ride themed off of Frozen. Let's do it. All right, Brock, you're up first. All right, so this ride is called Olaf's Frozen Flurry. Uh, we are It's a scrambler-type ride, uh, it, and around it is the idea of, essentially, you're in the middle of a blizzard, and Olaf is in the center. He's kind of the centerpiece of the ride, and he's calling out to you, like, things about the snow, and, ah, watch out! Oh, my gosh! And we're swirling around in this blizzard, going to and fro. I would like it to be a more complex scrambler ride with maybe more dimensions, but it's basically a scrambler. Okay, I like it. That's very similar to what I was going to pitch. Sorry, so that's Same. awesome. Stealing <laughs> my too. ideas even before I say them. <laughs> uh, I am up next. <laughs> so my ride is going to be uh, Elsa crashes Anna's wedding. It's going to be a teacup style <laughs> ride. Uh, where you have you and your dancing partner come in, and Elsa comes in and freezes the floor. Uh, so all of a sudden, you are spinning all around this dance floor, getting out of control. Um, and uh, eventually, she regains controls of her power, and control of her powers, and unfreezes the floor at the end. That's my pitch. Are you confusing Elsa with Maleficent? <laughs> Elsa was invited. There's a whole Pixar short. I I mean, there's a whole short about it on Disney Plus. Wait, Eric, do you think you were crashing my wedding? Because like I wanted you there. Like, but did you think you were crashing it? I didn't have time to explain. I just crash. It's just the word that came into my head. He meant ruins, much like he did at your wedding. Okay, accidentally ruins the wedding. Right, just like my wedding with Eric. She's there. The magic goes haywire. Okay, I understand now. Thank you for clarifying. So for the Twitter poll, could it please say Elsa ruins Anna's <laughs> Yeah, not crashes. <laughs> not crashes. No. <laughs> that was Elsa-centric remake seconds. of Wedding Crashers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Fair game, fair game. All right, Jake. Okay, so... For my ride is also going to be a scrambler based thing. I'm going with it. But this time it is the ice collectors from the beginning of the movie. Um, Sven's people or uh, what's his name? Kristoff. What's the guy's name? You Thank you, Kristoff. Stop wasting Christoph. time. But Sven, Sven and all of his reindeer friends are going to be the ones that are, they are tied to the big saw and they're spinning it in a circle as we carve a big chunk of ice out of the middle while the reindeers pull us around because it's powered by reindeers. Did you that, watch that scene? What? <laughs> I like it's it. creative. Thank He's, you, Eric. It's creative it's license. He invented a big saw, and that's allowed. Yeah, that's how they're carving the ice. So they have to do it yeah. by hand anymore. That's how Imagineers work, Tanner. Yeah. They just imagine. Oh, shut up. Well, they, imagine they just things. make things up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's hear your great idea, Tanner. Come on. What yeah, you got? Tanner. We could blow us away with your... <laughs> Okay, so my pitch is Elsa's enchanted carousel. Elsa has used her magic winter powers to create all different sorts of ice-sculptured animals for for all of us to ride on an enchanted ride as she sings us some of her favorite songs from the movies. And it's a really fun ride like that with beautiful ice sculptures of different animals. You have normal horses, you have reindeer, and it's beautiful and it's fun. 
that's not in the movie. What, Elsa that just sounds, invented a fucking carousel? That sounds really cool and pretty, but <laughs> that whole time I was imagining someone being like, hey, come over. I made this really cool carousel for you. And you get on, and they pull out a karaoke mic, and they're like, now I have a captive <laughs> audience. <laughs> also, like, hey, I made animals out of ice. Come sit on them. Yeah. <laughs> it was so much better than both of your ideas that I can't it's even begin idea, to explain Tanner. how much better it was. It's a good idea. <laughs> Brock's idea was basically what I was going to pitch. You he think your idea is way better than mine? Yes. <laughs> I disagree. I disagree so much better. <laughs> it's a fucking carousel. Who gives a it's uh, basic. You basic. You don't know basic. Elsa and Anna's relationship at all. <laughs> all right, Brock, take us out of here before this becomes any more contentious. I don't know if it possibly could. Um, <laughs> Lightning round has that effect on people. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Jake, watch out. Mickey's got an axe and he's after our Facebook. <laughs> Or Facebook.com slash Main Street Musings. I better save it. Wow, Tanner, look at what Jensen's done. He's magicked us up in Instagram. Oh, wow. Main underscore street underscore musings. And Eric, those brooms, they're dumping water all over our Twitter. <laughs> At MSM underscore podcast. And I'm Brock. Everyone, make sure to give us a five-star review. Rate us and tell your friends. Tell your friends. Bye. Yeah. Well, well, this is how we're ending it. We don't have anything fun to add. I really started with the best one and then just got worse. I really thought you were going to say Jensen spanking our <laughs> 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 There's the ending joke. Nicely done, Tanner.